0: test test okay,
1: we oh. have come See, to steal Six, six, six.
2: Hallelujah! Let us praise the Lord. Is there anyone that's glad to be in the house of the Lord again? Just one more time. Hallelujah. Can I get some hallelujahs from you this evening? Are you glad that he said come into his house with praises and into his sanctuary with thanksgiving? Are you thankful for anything today? Can you wave a hand? give you that spirit. Lord Jesus, we thank you for letting us be here this evening. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we are just glad to be in your house one more time. God, we thank you for allowing us to have this opportunity to revive ourselves again because we need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We know that this is a mean world and there are a lot of things happening out here, but we know that there is a God and He sits high and He looks low. And God, we believe that you got us right now, that no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. And right now, we come before you with thanksgiving. We come before you with empty vessels. And we're saying, Fill us up, Lord. Fill us up right now. Guide us right now. Protect us, Lord. Direct us in the way that you would have us to go. Revive us again. And we're going to be so thankful. We're going to give you all the glory and all the praise. Because we know it's not because of anything good we've done. It's because of your goodness and your mercy that we are able to be here tonight. And we just want to say hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. And now, Lord, the word is coming forth from our guest preacher tonight. We're asking you to let us take it in. Bless our hearts and our spirits, but let us not be so selfish that we keep it to ourselves. But we leave here telling the dying world that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. It is in the precious name of Jesus. That we pray, and God, we ask that you anoint these voices. Let them sing from down in their souls and give you all the praise and all the glory. It is in the precious name of Jesus. And every saint say amen. 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 Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. You are now in the hands of our... Deacons to open us with devotion.
3: Good evening. Our scripture this afternoon will come from Psalm 37, a psalm of David, entitled Trust in the Lord. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be there envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herbs. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Commit thy ways unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and that judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospers in the way, because of the man who bring his wicked device to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evil doers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The weakest plodders against the just and gashes upon him with his teeth. God's word for God's people.
4: Join with us tonight as we sing, come and go to that land.
5: break down the bonds of sin in our lives help us to rejoice in a new light help us to understand what revival is all about oh god lead us now into this land lead us into this revival with happy hearts and happy 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 minds oh god free us from any emotions that may hinder us help us to acknowledge that you alone and you all by yourself, our God. We pray now for those in the land and island of Hawaii who have lost so many lives. We ask, oh God, that you would bless those people and bless the reconstruction of their homes and lands. We pray that, oh God, that we will do all that we can to help those in need. Thank you for allowing us to have beautiful homes and families here beautiful lives we want to make sure that we touch someone who was a little bit more downtrodden than ourselves help us to do that dear master as we know only you can we pray now for a wonderful spirit in this place tonight oh god we I fear you already touch us now keep us in your care oh god now and forevermore in the name of jesus we pray amen
1: praise the lord y'all ready to give him glory Y'all ready to give him praise? Here we go. yourself. So boy, concentrate on him. and my best praise. Worship him. Worship him. All right, let's do that double down. Come on, y'all. Worship him.
6: the name of the Lord in here. Come on, let's worship him. Worship him. Anybody know he's worthy to be praised tonight? I said he's worthy to be praised tonight. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same God is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Worship him. Christ the Lord. Amen. Amen. Listen, can y'all play that again? Just a little lower. Just look, Keep it going. Keep it going. And what we're going to do is why they doing that, y'all just give your neighbor a fish bump. Welcome your, welcome your neighbor. Say hello to your neighbor. Say hello to your neighbor. Come on. Come on. We're going to worship the Lord but we're going to fellowship with each other. Go on and say hello to your neighbor. Go on and say hello to your neighbor. Listen to all of our Facebook friends, all of our distant members. We welcome you to Cade Chapel for this Tuesday night. Awesome August Revival Service. God is great and greatly to be praised. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. What an awesome God we serve. Amen. What a glorious God we serve. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. I already feel the presence of the Lord in this house. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I want to thank our deacons for leading us in our devotion. God bless you. I want to thank our ministers for getting us started. And we are in the midst of a great time on tonight. Amen. How y'all feel tonight? Y'all feel good? Don't fool me now. Do y'all really feel good? Anybody know the Lord is good? Tell your neighbor. It's a setup. 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 It's giving time, y'all. It's a setup. It's a setup. Is a setup. Amen, amen, amen. It's time for us to give and to give joyously, to give joyfully to the Lord God of our salvation, God who gives so much to us, the God who helped us this morning and this afternoon and, and the Lord who is seeing about us. Jesus is a fence around us every single day. Does anybody know that? I said Jesus is a fence around us every single day. Amen. That's my old-time church coming out. I ain't going to go there, but I sure feel it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, listen, for those of you who are giving online, we invite you to to give any number of ways that that, uh, are listed. Uh, Certainly, you can give by texting uh, or by scanning the QR code that's on your screen. Certainly, you can use the K-Chapel app. However you give, whatever you give, we want you to give how you can give while you are at home. For those of us who are here, we're going to go to old-time church. Amen. Amen. The, the ushers have the baskets available and ready, and they're going to receive the offering on tonight. We're going to let you exercise a little bit tonight. Amen. Amen. If you didn't get your exercise or your steps in, you're going to get them today. Hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So we're going to walk around and give in this offering. God has been good. God has been great, and we want to bless the Lord. Listen, we didn't we didn't we didn't ask for a particular offering on last week, but I am asking if you can, all of our members, if you can support these revival services, these three services, with a gift of twenty five dollars, a gift of twenty five dollars uh, during these the course of these three services. If you will bless this church with that gift, that will help us, Amen. That will help to support these revival services. Twenty five dollars, Amen. If you can, if you can, if you can give what you can, Amen 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 we ain't gonna fall out over how much you give amen God bless you God bless you you give as the Lord has prospered you to be able to give but we are asking if you can support us with twenty five dollars that would be a great blessing to us amen. amen amen we're gonna do this the same way we did on last week we're gonna ask the two outside uh aisles if you will stand and we will proceed from the rear uh down the wall and then up the aisle after they finish we will receive the offering from the two inner aisles uh, you will stand, and again, from the rear and then up the center aisle. Amen? Amen. Brother Gaines, did I get it right? All right. I got the thumbs up from Brother Gaines. Amen. This, amen. These voices are going to sing again. Don't they sound good? Come on, encourage them. Come on and encourage them. Amen, amen, because they're about to encourage you to give. Amen. Won't you, won't you stand? Won't you stand? Won't you stand? The two outer aisles. Won't you stand now and give in this hour offering?
1: You're on. <laughs>
4: Stand as we bless this offering God we thank you for the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us God we thank you for the blessing to be a blessing we pray that as we give that the kingdom of God will be enhanced because of our giving and God because of our giving we pray. we pray that you bless us and you bless us in whatever we stand in need of this is in Jesus name we pray amen
6: Hallelujah, he's all I need, amen. I say, he's all I need, amen, 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 amen. So glad to have all of these preachers and pastors with us on tonight, amen. Can you thank God for these preachers and ministers and pastors? Amen, amen, pastors from all around the city and, and then outside of the city, amen. God bless you, thank you for being with us on tonight. Reverend Phillips from the Mount Zion in Canton, Mississippi. Amen, amen, Reverend Willie Tobias of the Mount Zion here in Jackson, Mississippi, amen, Reverend C.J. Rhodes, Mount Helm Baptist Church, amen, amen, our own Reverend Claude Tucker, amen, (laughs) yeah, Claude Tucker's with us, True Vine, and Reverend Walter Farrar, we thank God for all of you, and of course, our ministers of the house, don't they, they just look good, amen, we thank God for your presence on tonight, thank God for your presence on tonight, and then we have a preacher, I don't think you heard me. I said there is a preacher in the house tonight. Amen. Amen. And we're excited to be able to host him here in the city of Jackson, Mississippi. He's not been to Mississippi a lot of times. Uh he was here for our annual session on last year. Uh but but he hadn't spent a whole lot of time in Mississippi. Amen. So uh we made sure it was good and hot for you when you came so you so you get the real Mississippi experience, <laughs> amen. Go back to California and let them know you've really been to Mississippi, amen, amen. Some of you know him, many of you don't, so why don't we get to know our speaker for tonight.
0: Serving since 1999, Dr. Claiborne Lee Jr. is the senior pastor of Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Fairfield in Sassoon City, California. He's a widely known and highly sought after preacher, teacher, lecturer, and leader. He's been blessed to travel the world sharing his gifts to the glory of God. A believer that a call to preach is a call to preparation, Dr. Lee earned a Bachelor of Arts degree in religion from Morehouse College. While there, he was inducted to the Martin Luther King Jr. Board of Preachers. He has also earned a Master of Divinity degree from Union Theological Seminary, a Doctor of Ministry degree from United Theological Seminary, and a Doctor of Philosophy degree in Biblical Studies from Golden Gate Baptist Theological Seminary, graduating with the highest honors, having written his dissertation on the hermeneutics of Desmond Tutu. Dr. Lee serves on several boards and committees on local, state, and national level. He is the immediate past president of the Far West Region of the National Baptist Convention, USA, Incorporated. A proud member of Omega Psi Phi Incorporated, and a life member of the NAACP. He is the father of four remarkable children, Claiborne III, Julian, Christopher, and Jessica. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome our speaker for tonight, Dr. Claiborne Lee, Jr.
6: Come on, y'all, give him a Jackson, Mississippi, K-Chapel welcome. Come on. Bless him tonight. Welcome to Jackson. Welcome to K-Chapel. Amen, amen, and have your way in this house. Amen. Amen, amen. There... There, there is there is, there is one other fast fact that I want to share with you that was not included in, in, in the uh, bio that you just saw. He is also a candidate for the president of the National Baptist Convention USA, Incorporated. <laughs> Amen. 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 And so we will certainly be praying uh, for that effort. Amen. 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 After the next election we're here, we... <laughs> All right, all right. After this next election, we will be in the hands of our speaker for the night, Dr. Clavin Lee Jr. <laughs>
7: From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same the name of the lord is worthy to be praised and the bible gives us at least two reasons to praise the lord number one if you're breathing the bible says let everything that has breath praise the lord but then if you've been redeemed the bible says let the redeemed of the lord say so whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy and if you've been through anything and you survived it and still have your joy intact, you ought to be able to testify with this music ministry that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, and don't nobody else need to tell you so, because you personally know that the Lord is still mighty, 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 mighty good. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I greet you in the mighty and magnificent, marvelous, magnanimous name of our Messiah and miracle worker from Nazareth, Jesus the Christ, our living Savior and Lord, the one in whom we live, move and have our very being. What a joy it is just to be alive tonight and then to be in the house of the Lord together on one accord. And I pray to God that we do not get so far removed from the height of the global pandemic that we've just endured, that we fail to appreciate the opportunity to gather together in person as well as virtually to share in the worship of our God. Allow me to hurriedly give God thanks for celebrate the life and the leadership of a man who continues to live out a legacy that was laid before him and leave a legacy behind him whom God has gifted you to be your tribal chieftain, your pastor, your under-shepherd, your visionary, your teacher, your guide in things pertaining to the kingdom in the person of Pastor Reginald Buckley. Thank you so much, sir, for who you are, to the kingdom, who you are to this church, who you are to me and so many others, and certainly for this opportunity um, to come and to share in this time of revival and spiritual renewal knowing the preachers that you know all over the country, uh, to have reached over into California and asked me to come, I'm most humbled and most grateful to all of the reverend clergy that share in the pulpit and any that may share in the pew, uh, certainly to those that I know dearly, and I won't call everybody's names, but uh, one of the gentlemen uh, who was sitting behind me amongst a couple of other gentlemen are from a different fraternity than I am. And one of them had the audacity to whisper into my ear that you got a row of alphas supporting you tonight. And of course, being the cue that I am, I had to reply and remind him that that's why there are cues, because alphas don't know their place. They're supposed to be out in front, but they're often trailing behind. And the Bible does say that the last shall be first and the first shall be last. And so, good to see you, brothers. Good to see, <laughs> good to see you tonight, and I'm grateful, grateful for your presence. To all of the officers, uh, the members, and the friends of the K-Chapel Church, I'm just glad to be here tonight. Now, my dear brother, Dr. Dr. Chris, has come in last week and uh, from Memphis, Tennessee and uh, has dumped the house. That's, that's what he does everywhere that he goes. And Dr. John Robert Adolph is coming and he just wrecks everywhere that he goes. And so I'm just going to do my little bit and I'm going to go on back to where I came from in Jesus' name. Uh, Mississippi is not absolutely foreign to me. My granddaddy's daddy, my great granddaddy, was born and raised in Mississippi. We believe that our family actually uh, came here from Virginia and the first stop off of the slave ship from Virginia was Mississippi. And uh, so I've got roots in Mississippi and in Louisiana and uh, have been privileged to come through here on multiple occasions, but I'm especially delighted to be here to share the gospel tonight. Uh, I was blessed in the pandemic to author another book. It's titled a giant lessons from David managing the journey of success. You can get it on Amazon and uh, I would love for you to have it. I believe it'll be a blessing to you because it argues that we do not orchestrate success. God does that. But we have a responsibility to manage success. And David is one of the most successful people of scripture and I peek into his life and show the ups and the downs, the good and the bad, the ugly and the pretty from his life and how he managed success and how we can extract practical principles for living life successfully in the same way that he did with the presence of the Lord in his life. And so I'd love for you to be blessed by that. And as Pastor Buckley has already articulated, I have been led of God to offer myself to serve as the president of the National Baptist Convention USA Incorporated. Um, In the next election, we pray that God would allow his favor to help us as a convention to move beyond our glory days of history with leadership that's dynamic and progressive enough and anointed enough for us to be able to create new history for the generations that are coming behind us. So in an age of denominational decline, I still believe that, that we need a timely resurgence that we can offer continued relevance and rise to new respectability and that we can allow God to show us what he showed Ezekiel in that valley of dry bones, that these dry bones can still live. Amen. So I solicit your prayers. If you're on social media, you can follow me at Clabon Lee on all platforms. And uh, we'd love for you to be a part of the campaign in prayer as well as in other expressions of your kindness. Would you turn with me in your Bible to Jeremiah chapter 1? Jeremiah chapter 1. I want to call your attention to verse 4 and verse 5. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 and verse 5. I'm going to read in your hearing out of the New International Version. If someone close to you in person or virtually doesn't have a Bible, I ask you to be both kind and Christian enough to share yours with them. This is the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Heaven and earth may pass away, but God's word shall stand forever. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord our God. Whenever you haven't heard a preacher, there are two questions that you have. Number one, can the preacher preach? Number two, how long will the preacher (laughs) preach? And so I cannot answer that first question for you. You have to be the judge of that yourself. But that second question can be answered largely by the frequency and the volume of your amens. Because your silence may suggest to me that I'm not coming through clearly and I need to add another five minutes to that part of the message. And I've learned over my years of preaching the gospel that you don't have to be everlasting in length to have eternal impact. And and I still believe that if there is prayer in the pew, then there's more power for proclamation in the pulpit. Jeremiah says, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born. I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. If you pray with me and for me for the next little while, I've asked the Holy Ghost to anoint me afresh and I want to talk to you tonight from this subject, prenatal purpose. Prenatal purpose. Prenatal purpose. I ask you to keep your Bibles open. Do your best not to go to sleep. I don't want you to accuse me of making anything up. Prenatal purpose. According to Mark Twain, the two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. Miles Monroe wrote that the greatest tragedy of life is not death, but life without a purpose. It is a dangerous thing to be alive and not know why. Dr. Benjamin Elijah Mays, famed president of my alma mater, Morehouse College, reminded Morehouse students in Sell Hall Chapel on one occasion that it must be borne in mind that the tragedy of life does not lie in not reaching your goal. The tragedy lies in having no goal for which to reach. He said it's not a calamity to die with dreams unfulfilled, but it is a calamity to die and not to dream. He said that it is not a disaster to be unable to capture your ideal, but it is a disaster to have no ideal to capture. It is not a disgrace for you not to reach the stars, but it is a disgrace to have no stars to reach for. It is not failure, but low aim that is a sin. Goals, dreams, ideals, and stars for which to reach are inextricably bound to one's purpose. Existentialist philosophers cynically argue that the notion of purpose and meaning is false. Some posit that life as a definition is devoid of what they call ontological meaning. In other words, you don't have any real reason for being. That all we do is we're born and we live and then we die. And if we happen to experience some happiness along the way, that's just a caveat. But my brothers and my sisters, I've come by to argue tonight That a life without purpose is like a rider on a rocking horse. It makes much motion but no progress. Without purpose, one's life is meaningless. Without purpose, it lacks direction and is bereft of fulfillment. Purpose is the original intent of the creator that motivated the creator to create what the creator created when the creator created it. Purpose. Purpose is the answer to the French question about raison d'etre. What is your reason for being? What are you doing here and why do you exist? Purpose is the answer to that why question of your life. People ask these days popularly and cavalierly, what's your why? You might want to talk to your creator to find out the answer. Because that raison d'etre helps us to understand the purpose for which God created us. The pivotal personality of the biblical passage before us tonight is the prophet Jeremiah. (laughs) And the textual tension in the passage is this. Jeremiah is one who is experiencing clarity of purpose but is uncomfortable with the purpose that's been revealed. The textual tension tonight in your Bible and mine, if your Bible is open and you're not going to sleep, I promise I won't make anything up. The textual tension in his life may match the tension in your life as well. Because God is making his purpose for Jeremiah's life known unto him, but that revelation has made Jeremiah uncomfortable. It's made him uncomfortable to the point at which he's arguing with God about why he cannot do what God says God has purposed him to do. I believe that that he has some cousins in K Chapel tonight that have been going back and forth with God and arguing with God about what God says God wants you to do and the way God is orchestrating the affairs of your life. Jeremiah has excuses. He says, listen, I hear what you're saying, that you want to use me to speak for you. You want to use me to speak to the nations. I hear what you're saying, but I'm just a young fellow. And for those of you that are part of Gen Z and those of you that are even younger than Gen Z understand that there is no age limit on God's use of your life for his glory. Jeremiah says, I'm just a youngster. I, I don't even know how to speak properly and yet you're telling me that you have a purpose to use me to speak for you, the God of creation. And God says, yes. Jeremiah is in, is intimidated by what God is imposing upon and revealing to his life because purpose can be intimidating. Have you have you been attempting to talk God out of what God's been trying to reveal as your purpose? Have you been making excuses like Jeremiah as to why God can't use you whether it's because of your age or because of your gender, whether it's because of your past or whether it's because of your limitations, whether it's because of your handicaps, maybe it's because of your proclivities, whatever it may be you don't feel you're mature enough, you don't feel you're spiritual enough, you don't feel you know enough word, you don't feel that you know enough business, you don't feel like you know how to put a business plan together, you don't feel like you fit in, you don't feel like you can handle the rigors of what's required of you, who's been arguing with God? Who's been making excuses like Jeremiah and writing yourself out when God says, I've already written you in? Jeremiah argues with God like some of us are tonight, and it's understandable. It's understandable because if your purpose does not intimidate you, it may not be God's purpose for you. I'll back it up and try it again. If your purpose does not intimidate you, it may not be God's purpose for you. Why, preacher? Because purpose is always bigger than you, but never about you. Mm-hmm. Purpose is always about what God has sovereignly and providentially planned to achieve through you to impact others in the world around you. So stop being stuck on yourself and thereby being selfish. When what God is revealing to you is how God wants to use you no matter what excuses you present and he wants to do it not just so that he can use you and you can brag about how God used somebody like you. No, God wants to use you so that you can bless others around you. So what does God do when you read this first chapter? You'll discover that God then educates, encourages, and empowers Jeremiah. God seeks to do the same for you tonight, whether you are clueless about your purpose, whether you have lost sight of your purpose, whether you are maximizing your purpose. You need to know that you've got a prenatal purpose. Yeah, consider the very words as we come to this text and tiptoe through the tulips of the text. Note the words that the Lord speaks unto Jeremiah. He says, listen, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. That that preposition before is where the prenatal nature of purpose lies. Because what it suggests to us, and I'm getting into the text, but I'm about to shout on the inside, because what this preposition before suggests is that God decided how he wanted to use you and then made you. He didn't make you and then figure out how he wanted to use you. I'll come back to that in a minute and say it a different way. And so and so how does God reveal to the prophet, and how does God reveal to us that we have a prenatal purpose? Is your Bible open tonight? Yes. All I am is a biblical preacher. If you keep that Bible open, I promise I won't make anything up. He says, "Before I formed you, before I formed you, before I formed you." What God says is, is that understand that I place purpose in you prior to the conception of you so that the birth of you might release the purpose of you to match the imago dei that made you. He said, God, God says before your mother and your father ever got Together, understand that your purpose was in place before sperm and egg ever got together. (laughs) Just as I formed the entire universe, so did I also form you and shape you and design you to fulfill purpose before you ever made your arrival. That preposition before signals that prenatal nature because some people, Pastor Buckley, ask some questions. Did God make me and then decide how he would use me? Or did God decide how he was going to use me and then make me according to his use of me? The reason the grappling with this question is important is because, Dr. Rhodes, if the former is true, then that means that somebody could be an accident. That somebody could be an oops baby. It suggests that that maybe you weren't supposed to be here. If if God is the kind of God who waits until you get here to figure out why you're here. But when you understand what he's saying to the prophet Jeremiah, he's saying, oh no, you didn't just show up and then I had to figure things out. I had it figured out before you ever arrived. Because before you were formed in the womb, I already put purpose on your life. Who is God talking to? To let you know that he has been thinking about you a mighty long time. But keep reading your Bible. He says, before I formed you. And then he says, I knew you. Stay with me, y'all. I knew you. That Hebrew verb there, knew, implies at least three things. One, it carries the notion of choosing in advance for a purpose. God chose you in advance of making you with purpose, on purpose, for purpose. Now maybe that doesn't shout you. But in some other circles, saints would be running around the sanctuary, bumping into the wall just by the honor of knowing that God, out of all the choices he could have made, he chose you. I don't care what anybody else thinks about you. I don't care what anybody else has said about you. I don't care how anybody else has made you feel about yourself. I've come by to remind you tonight that God chose you. But this Hebrew word new carries another idea. It also carries the idea of divine surveillance. That when he says, I knew you, God is saying, I committed myself to watch over you and to protect you. Mm. Mm. In other words, God said, because I chose you, I'm never gonna take my eye off of you and watch this, and I'm never gonna take my hand off of you. I think I may shout tonight before we get out of here I'm trying to hold it when you consider that God committed God's self to watch over you from the time that he thought of you until the time that you spend eternity with him you ought to get excited Because not only has he committed to watch over you but with that means that he also has committed himself to protect you. That's why some of the stuff that you thought should have killed you didn't kill you. Because God's purpose was so huge for your life that he said I may let something happen to them but I ain't gonna let it kill them. You may have one foot on a banana peel and the other one on crazy but he ain't gonna let you lose your total mind. He'll let you get in an automobile wreck and let the car be totaled and let you walk away as if nothing ever happened because he's committed to watching over you. Think about the things that have happened in your life that should have gone another way or should have ended up worse than they did. Can I tell you why they didn't work out that way? Because God was watching over you. I pastored my home church. There was an old lady in our church that used to sing every now and then all night and all day. Angels. Keep watch over me, my Lord. <laughs> Somebody ought to thank God that he's been protecting you. But, but here, here, here's the other thing. Excuse me for shouting so much tonight. I just, I'm just overwhelmed by the word. Because the third aspect of this Hebrew verb new also says that God had full knowledge of your life. Watch it. I'll back it up and try it again. Just as God attached purpose by choosing you in advance, he also had full comprehensive knowledge without any blind spots about everything you do, everywhere you go, everybody you'd engage with, the decisions that you would make, your good and your bad, your ups and your downs, your ugly and your pretty, your proclivities and your passions, and he still chose you anyway. Now I know from I'm, I'm from California and I don't live in Mississippi, so you want me to think that folks are different in Mississippi than they are in California, but I'm a church baby. I've been in church all my life and one of the things I know is that all of us got some stuff that ain't the best stuff. That we think ought to disqualify us from being used by God, but God knew what you would do. He knew your uprising and your down city, and He made you anyway. <laughs> and He did all of this in advance of one act, one word, one movement from you, from eternity. He said, I'm going to form you. And I'm going to know you. Now, I'm trying to move on, Pastor Buckley. I really don't want to preach long. But I just feel like there are a few people that haven't moved tonight. And some of y'all need to just be honest tonight. The reason you don't want to move right now is because you don't want the person next to you to know or the person online with you to know that if they knew everything about your life, even with your saved and sanctified, holy, righteous self, that they may not want to sit with you tonight. But God knew everything, and he ain't changed his mind yet. Before I formed you, I knew you. what he says. Before you were born I consecrated you. I set you apart. It's just in that one verse. Verse 5 is your Bible open? Sarah I thought that was you. So good to see you. He says before you were born I, I consecrated you. I set you apart. In other words he set you apart For a specific purpose in the earth. God wanted Jeremiah to know that God had positioned him to do things that were for him. What do you mean, preacher? That God was making him unique in purpose. Even if others shared similarities in purpose, their purpose Would not be his purpose because his purpose would be unique to what God designed for him. You are an original. You are not a duplicate. I'll try it again. You are an original, you you are not a facsimile, you've been uniquely made by God. Even if you are an identical twin, there is something that is distinct about you even to your gene pool and your DNA. Because God, when he makes you, he makes you in a way that is uniquely you. That's why you don't have to live life frustrated trying to be or trying to be like anybody else. Learn to be comfortable in your own skin because God made you with a unique purpose. Here's something for for somebody, especially young people, but there's still some, some middle-aged and older adults that need this word too. The fact that God consecrated you, set you apart, is the reason you don't always fit in. I know we want to be popular. I, I know we want to be with the in crowd. I know I know we want to be cool. I know we want the most likes. We want the most followers on social media. We want to be the most popular. Oh, All that We want everybody to accept us, everybody to like us. But every now and then, God will remind you that you don't always fit in. And the reason you don't always fit in is because where you're trying to fit doesn't match your purpose. That's why what other folks can get away with, you ain't comfortable with. Even if you try it, you don't feel right. You don't feel the same because that don't fit you. To thine own self be true. God created you with your own unique personality your own gifts, your own interests your own abilities, your own preferences and the like God set you apart for purpose and that's why there's no need to compete from the pulpit to the pavement, from the choir stand to the concrete and every space in between and beyond there's no need to compete with anybody else because they can't beat you being you, boo when you get comfortable in your purpose you'll stop competing and start complimenting are you listening to me tonight yeah because you understand your prenatal purpose means that God consecrated you set you apart he, he formed you and he knew you but there's one last thing if your bible is open He says, and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. I appointed you. Oh, it gets gooder, y'all. You may be surprised by the places you end up in your life, but God never is. You may be surprised by the places you end up in this life, but God never is. You know why? Because some places you end up are because God sovereignly, providentially appointed you, that is God literally placed you. (laughs) Alex Haley is said to have had a turtle on the top of a fence post on his farm? And he was asked on one occasion, why do you have a turtle on the top of your fence post? And he said, because that turtle reminds me that I didn't get here by myself. When you're a person of purpose, you are gonna end up in some places that there's no way your degrees Your intelligence, your family line, your connections, your charisma, your smarts could have ever gotten you into. Your prayer life couldn't get you there. Your fasting couldn't get you there. Your serving couldn't get you there. Some positions are appointed by the Lord. And the good news is that if God appoints, then God anoints. What does that mean, preacher? If God places you somewhere, then he's going to enable you to function there. Are you listening to me? And so while it may be intimidating to you, it's not intimidating to God because God already knows what God put in you, and if it weren't in you, God would not have allowed it to come to you. See, when God assigns, God ascribes. When when God elevates, God empowers. God took everything into consideration about you and about me. And God never once was tempted to backtrack from his decision to create you and appoint you. Now, I'll just throw this in for free and I'll move toward a close. I don't want to keep you too long. Uh, The fact that he's willing to appoint you means this. It means that prior to, because this is prenatal purpose, prior to your appointment, God considered several things. I'll just give you three. God considered your pains. He considered your heartbreaks, betrayals, backstabs, setbacks, mistakes, bad decisions sabotage, assassination of your character, people coming for you when you didn't sin for them. He considered all of that that would hurt your heart and that you believe would handicap your potential. And God says, I'm going to point you anyway. Mm -hmm. And so stop allowing your pains to keep you from your purpose. Stop talking yourself out of purpose just because you got hurt along the way. Stop telling yourself, I just can't get over this and I just can't get over that. I'd like to move on, but I just can't get past it. Yes, you can. Trust God's purpose in your life to be greater than your pain. Can I tell you another thing that he considered? He also considered your proclivities. We don't know all of Jeremiah's proclivities, but a couple of them we do know. One, he was all in his feelings most of the time. (laughs) He was caught up in his feelings. He was, yeah, emotional. Super sensitive. You read the book of Jeremiah, he was a crybaby. <laughs> Folks start talking about him, he started crying. <laughs> Folks won't support him, he started crying. People stabbed him, hey, he started crying. And with that came a prospective give up itis. Who God talking to tonight? Every time things get rough, you want to quit. Every time things don't go your way, you want to throw in the towel. Every time there's a little bit of opposition, you think that means that it ain't really God. One time it got so bad that Jeremiah wrote up his letter of resignation and was about to submit it to God and quit preaching and said, I I can't do this no more. I I ain't going to preach no more. I'm not going to speak for you no more. And before the ink could get dry of the resignation letter, and before he could submit it into God's office, he said, oh, hold on. Let me rip this thing up. I said I wouldn't go preach no more, but his word is like fire shut up in my bones. Stop having give up itis because of your proclivities. But can I throw something else in for free? I know, Pastor, I'm in Mississippi. But I just need to say to you, wherever you are in the universe, if you're a human, there are going to be some proclivities that you have towards sin. Preachers and deacons, mothers, missionaries. We don't always tell the youngsters this part. (laughs) That when God's hand is on your life, it does not cause your sinful proclivities, your preferences, the things you like that are not consistent with God's will to naturally go away. They may not let you have me back anymore, Pastor. But it's the truth anyhow. You don't don't think I got word for that? Come here, Paul. I find that there's a law in my members warring against my flesh and the good that I would do, I do not. And what I say I'm not going to do is the very thing that I'm going to do. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me? But thanks be to God. Through Jesus Christ who gives us the victory. In other words, your proclivities don't have the power to disqualify you from purpose. (laughs) Your proclivities do not have the power to disqualify you from purpose. And we got to stop acting in the church like everybody that's to be used by God has to be perfect. Because there's nobody except Jesus that God ever used from Adam all the way to John the revelator that was perfect. I've, I've kept you too long. He set you apart and he considered your pains and your proclivities, but also your potential. He put stuff in you that you don't even know is inside of you yet. He put an investment in you that he knows is a treasure and he's just waiting for that diamond to come emerging out of that dark coal of your life in order that it may be put on display and that the S-O-N light may shine upon it with resplendent and reflective glory from Shekinah. There's more in you than you think there is. And God says I know your potential and so I'm going to put you where I need you to be so that you can do what I made you to do. I need to get out of here because of this this nature of this prenatal purpose brothers and sisters you and I have a responsibility to make sure that we do all that we can with the prenatal purpose that God has assigned to our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And so and so, the question is, if I'm not to be a prophet to the nations like Jeremiah is, but I have purpose, what, what, what do I need to do, preacher? What's my action item list as I leave K-Chapel tonight? I, I'm glad you asked, and I move to a close. What do you need to do about this prenatal purpose? Number one, believe you have purpose. Some of you may have come into church, some of you may have logged on tonight, and you didn't really believe that you had purpose from God that was prenatally assigned to you. But he sent this preacher by to tell you tonight, you have purpose, but it won't be activated until you believe it is so. So let's practice. Just repeat after me I have purpose. Just in case your neighbor needs some help, would you turn to them? You don't have to touch them. Just tell them you have purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Believe that you have purpose. Second action item is discover your purpose. Discover. If you don't know it, discover it. It's an amazing thing. We have these smart devices, and we have other technological devices. And as soon as we secure them, we start using them. And because we just start using them, we never ever experience the power that they possess. And some of us are like that. We think we can just come to this world and start living and live our best life without checking With the creator who gave us a manual to let us know how we can optimize and discover the purpose that has been placed inside of us. What I'm trying to tell you is that you can discover your purpose. Pay attention to your feelings. Pay attention to what excites you. Pay attention to what fulfills you that you feel good about it when you do it because it helps somebody else. Pay attention to feedback where somebody else says, you know, you're really good at that. You really shine at that. You really are effective in that. And pay attention to your faith and allow God by his spirit and by his word to help you to discover your purpose. And then thirdly, dedicate yourself to purpose. In other words, spend the rest of your life saying, this is what, I'm here for, and this is what I'm going to give the rest of my life to do. I'm going to dig in. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to take classes. I'm going to find a mentor. I'm going to get some training. I'm going to spend hours studying. I'm going to spend hours praying. I'm going to do everything that I can because I'm going to dedicate myself to my purpose. But finally, I'm really out of here. I'm going to my seat. When you understand that you have a responsibility to respond to this prenatal purpose. Not only must you believe that you have purpose. Not only must you make sure you discover your purpose. And not only must you make sure you dedicate yourself to your purpose. But finally, make sure you die having fulfilled your purpose. Make sure you die having fulfilled your purpose. Somebody says, preacher, that's a mighty odd way to close a sermon. But I've come by to tell you tonight that if you're going to live this life on purpose, then you've got to make sure that every day of your life is purpose-driven. And when your life, C-sharp, is purpose-driven, then you'll understand that God wants you to make sure that you live until all your purpose is lived out. And when you understand those whom God has used mightily along the journey, I'm all right then you understand uh, that God uh, wants you to die uh, having fulfilled uh, your purpose. Uh, In other words, uh, God says, uh, I want you to leave it all uh, on the field uh, because that's why I made you. Miles Monroe said uh, that the richest place in the world is the cemetery and that's because too many people live having died with their purpose rather having died fulfilling their purpose. Don't you die fool but learn to die empty all of those dreams. All of those books, all of those businesses, all of that ministry, all of that word, all of that help, you got to make sure you leave it all out on the field. And when you read the Bible, you'll discover everybody that God used died having fulfilled their purpose. Adam died. Having fulfilled his purpose because his purpose was to start the existence of humanity on the earth. Abraham died having fulfilled his purpose because his purpose was to be the father of the faith. Joseph died having fulfilled his purpose because his purpose was to save his people in the famine and become the second in command in Egypt. Esther died having fulfilled her purpose, which was to save her people from annihilation. You know David died having fulfilled his purpose because it was through his seed that the Savior would come. You know that Solomon fulfilled his purpose to dispense wisdom in the earth. But i got to leave you here now because I see another man on a hill called Calvary They marched him up the Via Dolorosa He came here on purpose He came here with purpose Born of a virgin by the name of Mary given birth in Bethlehem Walked the dusty trails of Nazareth and the Sea of Galilee Until at last one Friday They nailed his hand and they spiked his feet they pierced his side and crowned his head with thorns. And somebody said, surely he must be the Son of God. And he died on the cross because his purpose was to die to save our souls from our sins. And when he died, and when he had paid it all, the hymn writer said, Jesus paid it all. Oh, 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 oh. To him I owe sin, left the crimson stand. but he washed it whiter than snow. I got to leave you now. But his purpose was not just to die. He went in the grave, ran a revival in hell, and on Sunday morning. He got up from the grave having fulfilled his purpose and said all power is in my hands in heaven and earth and because he fulfilled his purpose you can fulfill yours. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You can fulfill your purpose because the Bible says that you're more than a conqueror. Through him that loves you, you can fulfill your purpose in the dark seasons of light. For the Bible says the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Bible lets us know we can fulfill our purpose. For I can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens me? Is there anybody here tonight that can thank God for what he's done in your life? Somebody ought to get excited because I has not seen, ear has not heard, knee has not entered into the hearts of us who love him
1: and are called Oh, 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 oh according to His purpose. Yes. Yeah.
7: I'm trying to quit. I'm going to my seat, but I hear Paul saying, "And we know that in all things God works together for the good of them that love the Lord." And I
1: call. Oh, 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 oh.
6: my God. Before you were formed, before anybody ever knew your name, he knew you gave you a purpose. And let me help somebody. Tonight could be the very night where you lean into for the very first time your purpose being fulfilled by opening your heart to your creator the one who made you the one who fashioned you the one who formed you in his image and after his likeness if you're here tonight and if you're watching online and you you've been wondering and and frustrated about who you are and how god created you and And what he made you to be and what he made you to do. Come by tonight to tell you the first thing you need to do is give your life to Christ. Step out in faith and step into purpose. Step out on faith and step into purpose. Step out on faith and step in. your purpose. You say, what do I need to do? Simply open your heart. And after you open your heart, then open your mouth. And simply say, Lord, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Open your heart and then open your mouth. Say, I believe that Jesus died on a cross for my sin. Open your heart and then open your mouth. Say tonight, I'm accepting Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. If you did that, if you're doing that right now, with heads bowed, with eyes closed, if you've made that confession, and maybe you think you've done it before, but you really mean it this time, you're honest with the Lord right now doors of the church are open to you. And in this moment, I ask you to step out on faith as you step into your purpose. Wherever you are, whoever you are, come right now. You've given your life to Christ by faith. If you've accepted him as Lord and Savior of your life, if you said yes to the Lord for the first time tonight, come right now, meet us up here, meet us up here. Meet us up here, wherever you are, whoever you are. Meet us up here. Meet us up here. Hallelujah. Give your life to him now. The Lord created you on purpose. He created you with purpose. And tonight can be a purposeful night where you give your life to Christ. If you're here, come now. Come now, come now, come now. Come now, come now, come now. Come If you've already given your life to Christ, but you don't have a church home, I don't believe it's by accident or coincidence that you're here. You've been wondering where you can join and where you can live out your purpose, and he led you to K-Chapel tonight. Step out on faith. Step into your purpose. If you're here tonight and you need a church home, you come right now. You come right now. Can you sing as the choir sings, Lord, I'm available to you? Can you say, I'm availing myself to you, Lord?
7: I will
1: available the to you.
6: Yes, yes. I will. My
1: will I you. I'll me. do. I'll do what you say. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord.
6: Show someone. To
1: show someone the way.
6: And enable me. My storage,
1: my storage is empty, and I am and I am available to you.
6: Come on, sing that one more time. One more time. They're still making up their minds. Say, Lord, Lord I'm
1: available. I'm available to you.
6: My will. My will I like said I'll do what I'll do what you said. Use, Use me. Show
1: someone. Show someone the way. Enable and me. Enable me to say yeah, my, my storage, my storage.
6: Set an eye and I Tell you
1: right
6: there, my storage, my storage. My storage is in and I, and I my storage, my storage is. I'm opening myself to you,
1: Lord. My storage, my storage, my storage, my storage is. There. Several of I my story, my story, my of and, I and I am. Available.
6: Oh, bless his name! Oh, bless his name. What a word! What a word on tonight. Listen, I think think all of us to some degree deal with and struggle with from time to time the idea of purpose. If we're fulfilling purpose, if we're on purpose, if we know purpose, if we're honest, all of us do from time to time. But pastor, I, I, I believe that perhaps more than any demographic, young people and young adults really struggle and deal with fulfilled purpose. so i need to do something tonight yeah. all of our young people and all of our young adults i need you from age 8 to 28 8 to 28 yeah, they count some of y'all out amen but, amen but 8 to 28 8 to 28. 8 to 28. 8 to 28. If you're in that age range from 8 to 28. Hallelujah. Y'all come on up here. Y'all come on up here. Y'all come on up here. Yeah, 8 to 28. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. 8 to 28, wherever you are. Come on. Come on, come on. Come on, come on bless you, bless you, bless you. Somebody said go up to 38. I saw you. Go up to 38. Go up to 38. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Reverend Phillips. Come on up here, sir. These young people, these young adults. Who are looking for purpose, who want to fulfill purpose, who need to know that their lives have purpose, for them who are here and for those who are watching, and then for those who are in the seats supporting them and praying to God that their purpose be fulfilled. Reverend Phillips, pray prayer prayer on purpose. Because God made you. God made you who you are and how you are and he did it on purpose.
8: Would y'all stand with us and covenant with these young people? let's pray. Eternal God, our father, we bow humbly before your presence, acknowledging that thou art the Christ. God, thank you for this privilege that we have to come before your presence, humbly acknowledging that thou art God. Besides you, there is no other God uh, confessing our sin, our shortcoming God and then acknowledging the fact that you're God and you're so good. We thank you for these, your young people that have come before us today. We thank you that you've gifted us with such young people that will come to church on a Tuesday night. And God, we don't take it for granted, but we ask now, God, that you would cover them from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. That, God, that they would be able to identify their walk with you in a way that brings them into purpose. God, we are satisfied with knowing tonight through the preach word. That, God, you had done this before we knew who we were. The prenatal part got us all wrapped up, God. That you formed us in spite of us. And, God, we ask that they would not take the long journey finding themselves like some of us took to find ourselves. That, God, that from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet, God, that your blood would prevail over them. God, that you would protect them in their going in and their coming out. God, that they will find beyond measure, God, the gift of the anointing, God, that would destroy every yoke, God. We pray right now, God, that you would bind them together, that one can't fall without the other. God, that their lives would outlive them, God, that they would not die without purpose being fulfilled. God, that they would be building man and advancing the kingdom of God. God, that your glory, God, would fill their lives at every step that they take. God, throw your weight around and get your glory. God, we declare and we decree tonight, God, that purpose shall walk through them and live in them. God, you are worthy of the praise on tonight. And we take it not for granted this moment in ministry that you've given unto us to cover them. But God, cover them as only you can. Keep them as only you can. Give them direction as only you can. God, and not allow them to follow trails, God, that would lead them away from purpose. But God, allow them to be trailblazers, God, as they walk in footsteps that have been ordained and ordered by you. God, this is our prayer. This is our plea and our petition unto you for these your people. Grant us your grace as only you can and we've be forever careful to give your name, praise, honor, and glory. This is our petition in your son's name we pray. Amen. Come on, put your hands together and celebrate these young people.
6: Hallelujah. Y'all go walk in your purpose. Walk in your purpose walk in your purpose and do everything that the Lord has declared over your lives. Come on, let's celebrate them again. Encourage them again, y'all. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Bless you. Bless you. God made you who you are. Hallelujah. You may return to your seats. I'm a conqueror. I'm a conqueror. I'm victorious. victorious. I won't be. I won't be. I won't be. I'm a believer, I'm, I'm, I'm a receiver, I won't be, I
1: won't be blind. I won't be yes. I'm, I'm victorious. victorious, I won't be black.
6: You believe that tonight God made you God made you God made me,
1: God made me. Whoa.
6: <laughs> listen let's bring back the preacher for tonight let's give the parting words amen come on let's receive him
7: I pray this word has been a blessing tonight thank you pastor for this privilege and this opportunity to share And thank you for moving in the spirit. I felt like we needed to pray for young people tonight. And as a guest, I don't always know how to maneuver uh, being a guest in the house. Uh, But you were in the spirit. And I'm so grateful that you led the young people in the church in prayer. And if you are 38 or if you are 48 or you are 58 and you're still trying to figure it out, those same principles apply. God made you. So why don't you talk to him about it? Ask him to reveal it to you. If you got to fast, if you have to pray, whatever it is you have to do, do that. And then allow him to speak to you because of your faith in him. Pay attention to your feelings, what you're passionate about, what fulfills you. And then listen to the feedback of other people. Because guess what? Before you ever got here, he made you on purpose, with purpose. And so we give God thanks. I, I am... Uh, I am certainly apologetic that I did not acknowledge the first lady of the house, Sister Buckley. God bless you, ma'am. So glad that you're here with us tonight, amen. God would you pray for me that God will keep me and bless me and lead me in all the things that I seek to do for him and for his glory, for his people, and especially as it concerns the pursuit of the presidency of the National Baptist Convention. It's the most critical time in our convention's history, and I don't want a title, because that's the last thing I need but I want to be like Jesus and I want to grab a towel and serve and try to help us to get to where God wants us to be. And so we're grateful. Sister Sarah Woodard was a member of my church for many, many years. Sister Sarah. I Well, yeah. (laughs) And and, uh, her daughter helped to babysit my children and all that kind of stuff. And so I I know I messed up your last name. I'm stuck in the past, but (laughs) I know, I know, way, way back. But I'm grateful to see her tonight. And I think, is the sister Reverend Jasper Lee here? She, she, oh, I see Wilma Lee. Is there any other Lees in here? i got some Lees in my church that have family here in, in Jackson, and so I'm grateful to God. Okay, good, good, good. God bless you. Good to see you. Amen. Well, let's bow our heads and let's pray with thanksgiving. God, thank you for what you've done tonight to remind us of our purpose, to encourage us in our purpose to break shackles that would hinder our purpose and i pray now in the name of jesus that your god would now allow us to leave this place but not your presence and that we would be determined to live on purpose because you made us with purpose and i pray that our purpose would not only be a blessing to us but that you would use us to fulfill our purpose in a way that blesses others around us. We honor you and thank you. Bless this pastor, bless his family, bless this church, and allow, oh God, this church to continue to be a citadel of hope in the midst of despair. And I pray, oh God, that you would do awesome things. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think by the power that's at work within us by Christ Jesus, to him be glory in the church throughout all generations, world without the an end, and everybody with purpose said together, Amen.
6: Come on and shake hands with the preacher tonight. Shake hands with the preacher.